Hi, this is Sean Henriksen here from the Sean Henriksen Law Firm, where we help good people like you avoid the devastating consequences of criminal charges. Today, we're going to be talking about things that you should know if you've been charged with an assault or especially a family violence case. Before we get to that, we do have a free download for you. It's four things you should know if you've been arrested. You can click on the link down in the notes below and be happy to send that out to you. And if you're being charged with a crime, whether it's an assault or a family violence case or anything else, feel free to give us a call at 210-775-0852. We'd be happy to sit down and discuss your case with you. Or there's also a link in the show notes that you can click on to schedule that free consultation. So first off, I'd like to talk about what a family violence case is. And first off, there has to be some sort of family or relationship, although in Texas, that is pretty broadly defined. So that could be a, a family member, either somebody that you're related to by blood or by marriage. It could also be somebody you're in a dating relationship with or somebody that you used to be in a dating relationship with. For example, if you'll have a child together that meets the standard for family violence. And it could even be roommates. So if you're just in college or wherever else and you have a roommate, even if they're completely unrelated to you or even if y'all have no dating relationship, that's still considered a family violence case in Texas. The typical type of cases on the misdemeanor side that you'll be dealing with on a family violence case are assault, interfering with a telephone call or violating a protective order or terroristic threat. Those are some of the most common ones. On a felony, you're looking more like assault, family violence second. So if you're being charged with an assault case to a family member and you've got a previous conviction, then any other conviction is going to automatically be upgraded to a felony. Or if it was an assault, but they are saying that there was some sort of choking that was involved. Or if this was continuous family violence, which just means two misdemeanor family violence assault cases that took place within the same year then those two can be kind of combined into one felony case. When we compare being charged with a family violence type of case compared to other types of criminal charges, there are good things and bad things about that type of case compared to others. The worst thing about a family violence case is that if you take any sort of a plea on the case or if you take the case to trial and lose at trial, the judge is going to find that you committed an act of family violence. And when he does that, there's a certain set of consequences that come along with that. First off, there's no way to clean up your record afterward. Even if this is a case where you got deferred adjudication on it because of a plea agreement, in most other types of cases, once you complete that, the case gets dismissed and you can have your record sealed. But on a family violence case, there's no way to have your record sealed after that deferred adjudication period is over. And so even if you took an offer that involved deferred adjudication, this is still a case that's going to show up on your background checks for the rest of your life. Second is that if you are ever charged with a family violence case in the future, that case can be enhanced to a felony based off of this previous case that you had. Third is that your gun rights could be affected. If you have an affirmative finding of family violence, you can't own or possess a firearm under state or federal law for the rest of your life. Under state law, it's for a shorter period of time, but under federal law, it's for the rest of your life. So you will never be able to own or possess a gun again. For some people, it's not that important, but for others, it's very important. 
Finally, if you have a finding of family violence, if you ever have any sort of custody issue with your children, this could affect whether or not you have get custody of your children in the future or whether or not you can even have unsupervised visits with them. So it's very important that you consider all of that when making decisions about your case. The other bad thing about family violence cases is that in most cases, judges are ordering no contact orders just as a condition of bond. That means that while your case is going on, you can't have any contact with the complaining witness. And sometimes that even prevents you from going to your house. Now, a lot of times we can work to draw that back a little bit if the alleged victim in the case wants you to be able to have contact. So if this was a spouse or somebody you're dating and they want to continue dating you or continue wanting to have contact, normally we can get it to where y'all can have contact again. But even in those cases, sometimes it can be difficult based off of the judge and based off of different things. Lastly, it's become kind of political here in Barrick County. The DA's office and certain members of the county believe that there's a problem with family violence cases here in the county. And they're taking efforts to try and lower the amount of cases that we have. And the way that they're doing that is by kind of a tough on crime approach. And so they're doing everything that they can to try and prevent these cases from getting dismissed. Related to that is that because they're trying to prevent these cases from getting dismissed, and because if you make any sort of a plea agreement on these cases, you're going to have that affirmative finding of family violence, these cases tend to last much longer than other types of misdemeanor cases. The good thing about these types of cases is even though the consequences are harsh and even though the DA's office is trying really hard not to dismiss these types of cases, these are difficult cases for prosecutors. And so I pulled up the stats from 2019 since it was the last full year that wasn't affected by the pandemic. And in 2019, there were 5,433 assault, family violence, misdemeanors that were closed out. Out of those, 57% of those were just outright dismissed. That means no sort of plea, no probation, no finding of family violence. And also, they didn't even have to go to trial. So there was no risk of losing a trial in those cases. Out of the cases that didn't get dismissed, I'm looking at the ones that went to trial There were 20 of them that were found guilty by a jury, but there were 36 that were found not guilty by a jury. And so even the cases that didn't get dismissed, those that went to trial still had a better chance of getting a good outcome after trial. So these are tough cases for the prosecutors. And the main reason for that is unlike a DWI case where you've got everything on video and you've got blood results and everything else. Most family violence cases are he said, she said types of cases. So there aren't really any other witnesses. The police, when they show up, everything's already separated and calmed down and everything usually. And particularly with family violence cases, there's a lot of times where the parties make up and the alleged victim in the case no longer wants the case to be prosecuted. And because of that, It can be tough for the district attorney's office to prove this to a jury that anything happened. And even if the victim in the case still wants the defendant prosecuted, a lot of times they don't always seem believable. And, you know, there's a long history. It's almost like a a family violence case or divorce case or something 
where there's so much backstory that sometimes you're never exactly sure who to believe. Related to all of that, when the police show up, a lot of times the police have a hard time figuring out what happened. Both parties may say that the other person started it. Both parties may have some scratches or bruises or something. And so even when the police get out there, it's unclear exactly what happened. And the only people who know exactly what happened are the person who ends up getting arrested and the person who the police feel like is the victim. Just because there's enough evidence to arrest somebody does not mean that there's enough evidence to get a conviction if the case goes to trial. One other important thing that I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier is that in family violence cases, in a lot of cases, the alleged victim no longer wants the case brought against the defendant. They may tell the police that they don't want to press charges. They may tell the DA's office that they want the case dismissed. But ultimately, it's not really their decision. When anybody in Texas is being charged with a crime, it's the state of Texas who's bringing the charges against the defendant. And ultimately, it's up to the DA's office whether or not to dismiss a case. Even if a victim says that they want a case dismissed, in a lot of cases, the prosecutors will just note that down and they'll just keep on going. In my experience, they rarely dismiss the case just because somebody says that they want the case dismissed. Having said that, even though the victim in the case can't dismiss the case, there are things that the alleged victim can do to prevent the state from being able to get a conviction. And ultimately, first off, I want to point out, don't try to persuade any sort of witness not to cooperate with the district attorney's office or to try and get a case dismissed. That could be tampering with a witness, which is a felony. And obviously, we don't want you picking up any felonies while all of this is going on. But having said that, the victim in the case on a family violence case is just a witness in this case. As a witness, they have no obligation to do anything. So they still have the right to remain silent, which means that they don't have to talk to the police anymore. They don't have to talk to the DA's office anymore. They don't have to talk to the defense attorney. They don't have to do anything at all unless the prosecutor ends up subpoenaing the victim in the case. If they are subpoenaed, then that's a court order demanding that they go down and testify. But even if they're subpoenaed, they still don't have to talk to the prosecutor or the defense attorney, for that matter, unless they're on the stand answering questions. They don't have to have a conversation beforehand about what's going to happen or what to expect or how they're going to answer or anything like that. Now, the DA's office is obviously working towards trying to get a, a conviction on this case. They're the ones who's bringing this case against the defendant. The defense, on the other hand, is trying to get a good outcome. Frequently, it's trying to get a dismissal on the case. And as a witness, the victim in this case can either work with the district attorney's office or work with the defense attorney. It's up to them. If they want the defendant convicted in this case, they can work with the district attorney's office and they can let them know that they want this person prosecuted. And there's a decent chance that that's going to improve the state's case and make it easier to get a conviction on this case. On the other hand, if they want this case dismissed, then they can work with the defendant's attorney to see what they can do to make it more likely that this case gets dismissed or that if it goes to trial, that they have a better chance of winning a trial. If you're being charged with a family violence case and you know that the alleged victim in this case wants the case dismissed, then you may want to have your attorney reach out to that person. You don't want to do anything to 
make it seem like you're tampering with a witness. But part of our job as attorneys is to reach out to witnesses and find out their side of the story and find out what they want to have happen. And ultimately, there are two ways that these types of cases get dismissed. The first is if the state's just not going to be able to prove their case at trial. I mentioned earlier that in these types of cases, there's not usually a lot of evidence. It's kind of a he said, she said sort of a case. If the state can't get their case together because there's not enough evidence or because the witnesses are changing their stories or something, then this may be a case that they end up dismissing without even going to trial. On the other hand, if this is a case where they do think that they have all the evidence and they do think that they have a strong case, we may be able to beat it still if we can show that the alleged victim in this case, which is going to be the state's main witness, isn't a reliable witness. Maybe there's something else going on, like a divorce, or maybe there's just a long history, or maybe for any number of reasons, we may be able to show that that person is not a reliable person if they testify at trial. If the jury has any reasonable doubt about whether or not that person is telling the truth, then that may help us get to a not guilty verdict. The last thing that I want to talk about is that in misdemeanor family violence cases in particular, there's not usually a very good reason to take an offer on these cases. The typical offer on a misdemeanor family violence case is going to be some sort of probation. You're going to have to pay fines. You're going to have to pay fees. You're going to have to do some sort of family violence classes. Ultimately, you're going to have that finding of family violence on your record, which means that you can't get this cleaned up. And the fact that you can't get your record cleaned up means that there's not much of a difference on paper between a conviction or taking some sort of an offer from the district attorney's office. And since in misdemeanors in particular, even if you go to trial and you're found guilty at trial, normally you're still going to get probation and there's not that much of a difference between what is being offered and what's going to happen if you lose at trial. There's always the possibility that we're going to win at trial, even if it looks like the state has a strong case, because you never know exactly how trial is going to turn out. Since being found guilty at trial is pretty similar to the same outcome as taking a plea, there's not usually much of a reason to take a plea on those cases. On felony cases, when there's the possibility of going to prison for up to 10 years, then, you know, that changes the equation a little bit. But on misdemeanors, I, I rarely recommend taking an offer on those cases. Ultimately, that's up to you and your attorney. And each case is a little bit different. So there are always exceptions to that. I hope that all this information has been helpful to you. If you have any questions about anything that I've said, or if you're being charged with a crime here in San Antonio, Feel free to give me a call at 210-775-0852 or click that link down in the show notes. We'd be happy to sit down with you and discuss your case with you. And if you have found this to be helpful, we would certainly appreciate it if you followed the podcast and reviews are always appreciated and helpful also. And I hope you have a great day.